is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news along with Jim Stovall for our weekly visit. We're talking about his winner's wisdom column in the moment. Hey there, Jim. Hey, it is great to be back with you as always. All right, so in the moment, um, you start off by talking about how you reread Our Town by Thornton Wilder, and I know you read a book a day, well, listen through audio, that you played for me last week that was hysterical to me because it sounded like a foreign language. I could not understand it because you play it four and a half times speed. Yeah, that's what you listened to last week. So, yeah, and, and, and uh, but it's just a matter of getting used to it every day. But, yeah, last week I, I reread Thornton Wilder's play, hero called Our Town, and a lot of people have read it or seen it, and and I'm always curious about things like that, because I was first exposed to that work when I was in high school, and they made us read it, and you know, you get a bad feeling on anything they make you read, because they think, well, this can't be that good, or they wouldn't make me read it, and that always makes me nervous now, because there are several thousand school systems across the country that... Uh, my book, The Ultimate Gift, is on that list. And yeah. kids watch the, 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 the movie or read the book, and I think, wow, I hope these kids don't feel that way. But, hey, I've become a fan of Thornton Wilder, and, uh, you know, I overcame that. So, But what you learn from Thornton Wilder are these normal moments, these everyday moments that become some of the most impactful times of our lives. And that's what is so powerful, is, is realizing that there are no insignificant days, there are no insignificant people, there are no insignificant moments, because, uh, you know, you always have the opportunity to learn something, to teach something, to impact someone else, and it's, it's, a, it's just a powerful, powerful reminder that everything matters, and mm-hmm. we get caught up in our society of dismissing things that don't matter, and then you know, you know, and forgetting the things that uh, uh, that that matter, and we don't look at those things properly. So you know, I, I really uh, you know would encourage everybody as we go into the holiday season and the new year. Remember, every time you're with someone, you can make this indelible impact with them. Yeah, I I still remember like maybe a decade ago you said and I, and I I always get the terminology incorrect but you're like what if uh, you know and the next thing you do like could be incredible and whether that's you know meeting someone in the hallway making someone feel good meeting someone that makes a big difference in your life um and so what's the terminology you use for that what if the next yeah, thing you do is in in I always have to give credit it came from my mentor uh, coach John Wooden what would I do right now if I were amazed <laughs> that's it and, and I remember one time I was doing an arena event in Dallas, and attached to the arena was this, um, oh, this shopping mall, and in the middle of it is a food court, and uh, my legendary friend and mentor, Zig Ziglar, said, hey, let's let's go down there and get something to eat while we're waiting. 
So we went down there, and there was this young man cleaning the tables, and Zig and I are talking, and, and he said, well, it's about time to go. And um, he he said, give me one minute. He, he went over and told this young man, he said, young man, I've been observing you, and uh, you are doing a great job and being very diligent at doing it, and you have just the kind of duty there that a lot of people don't pay attention to, and I wanted you to know you are doing a great job. Yeah. And Zig came back and said, let's go. And I said, no, one more minute, Zig. You wait here. Now you wait here. And I went over and told that young man, not only is that true, I want to make sure you understand who told you. And his name is Zig Ziglar, and he's one of the great thought leaders of our generation. And when you get a chance, go read See You at the Top, his book. And, you know, because... And, and, you know, this this is one of those things, this kid's, you know, his, his grandchildren will tell his great-grandchildren about this someday. I mean, and I remember when I was doing my research for my Harry Truman uh, historical novel, you know, there was one day, you know, he said, when you're president, they schedule you right to the minute, and we were behind, and... Uh, you know, the Secretary of Labor's waiting on me and the ambassador from somewhere and then these high school Eagle Scouts that were supposed to get a picture with me. And so the scheduler said, well, I can I can hold off the ambassador because he's going to be here in town anyway and we can go ahead and meet with Secretary of Labor and I'll just tell the, the Eagle Scouts we can't do this. He said, no, you've got it exactly wrong. He said, I will meet with the Eagle Scouts and uh, and then I will meet with the ambassador. He's from a foreign country. And the Secretary of Labor, he works for us. He's on our team. So he'll, he'll wait. And uh, and uh, But, you know, after he took the picture with the Eagle Scouts, he told his, his scheduler, look, you know, I don't care what you think of Harry Truman, but I do care what you think of the President of the United States. And these kids did amazing things just to get to be here. Yeah. And they will tell their children and children's children about the day they came to the White House yes. and met with the President. And this is a big deal. If this doesn't matter, nothing matters. Ah, That kind of reminds me of, um, I'm trying to think of it, the, the crystal ball moment. And it has to do with, um, you know, those, I think we've talked about this before, but it sticks in my mind too, those things that will never happen again. Like when my nephew graduated from high school, my brother's not in his life. And so I knew even if I could only, you know, fly out there for 24 hours, it might not be a big deal to an 18-year-old kid, but it'll continue to be a big deal to him as his life goes on that he knows I was the only, um, you know, uh, relative to be there for him and um his mom has brought him up jewish even though our family's not jewish they they she's jewish and so um when he was when he had his bar mitzvah he got to choose people of honor or like the people that he admired most and she'd ask him once like who do you admire the most and he said it was me you know not her brother who's a doctor or brother who's an attorney or sister who's a nurse or his grandparents it was me and so um this is many years ago he's maybe nine because he invited me to come to his family day at his school he went to a private jewish school in los angeles so again my, my husband and i had to fly out for like 24 hours because you know he invited me and all these other relatives were going to be there and i was i was the only probably non-jewish like relative there right so then at the bar mitzvah i had to go up on the dais and have a position of honor not his jewish relative me and I didn't know any I'd never been to the ceremony in a temple for a bar mitzvah like that so anyway I'm up there and it just um made that crystal ball moment 
um, has to do with when an opportunity comes and it'll never call like uh, come again. It's like dropping a crystal ball and you never have that opportunity again. Yeah, and and you just you just take advantage of every one of those because uh, you know I call it catching people doing something right, and just it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It just the little little tiny things, you know, and uh, that's what that's what adds up because you never know when one of those is going to matter. I'm I'm giving a speech tomorrow for a guy. He's in his nineties, a very very successful businessman, but. He's read every one of my books. Very few people have read all 50-some-odd of my books. And I cannot tell you how many days, he out of the blue, he will call and say, Jim, I just want you to know I'm on page 162 rereading this book here, and this really speaks to me here, and I want to encourage you to keep writing because there are uh-huh. millions of people out here like me that need to hear this, and that's all the, all I want to say. Well, I, you know, he's done that dozens and dozens of times over the years, but the amazing thing is it, it just seems to call. I, I, I've accused him. I said, do you have cameras in my office? I mean, right when I'm struggling with something, and, uh, you know, and this, uh, this book is not behaving itself over there, and I'm trying to get a handle on it, and as Hemingway said, writing is opening up a vein and praying something will come out, and when I'm struggling with that, you know, he will call invariably, and I cannot tell you what a difference that made uh, so so many times. And uh, and uh, you know, I you know, and people have always asked, how come every year he calls and you go do his charity event? Uh, well, I'll tell you why. Um, uh, no one would be calling me or reading my books if it wasn't for people like him. Well, that I think it was Diane Sawyer that said the crystal ball moment and regarding somebody saying something that made a difference in your life. You, as you know, and I've said several times that I was thinking about quitting the show, gosh, many years ago. And you, I said you do interviews every day and that you thought I was really good at it. And you got me to keep doing the show, basically. No, I, you know, I remember when I met you, Angie, this is inside, behind the curtain, Angie Austin right here, folks. And I... I is one of those days where I had to do like twenty something interviews, one after the other, after the other, after the. I had some book out, and you know, and that's going to be that way all week. Over a hundred interviews, and you know, they're all pretty much the same. Now you're talking to this guy in Wisconsin, and what's her name in San Francisco, and now Angie Austin in Colorado. And I talked to Angie, and I get up, and I had like three minutes before I'm on the next one, and I never get. I said, "Who are you?" You know, we're not on the air anymore. I, I, who are you? Well, I'm Angie Austin. I host this show. Yeah, but you, you're Wonder Woman. I mean, don't tell. Don't, no, 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 no. I mean, where did you come from before this? And then you told me about your background. And okay, now it's starting to make sense because uh, you know it's like a major leaguer came down and, and you're playing in the church softball league. Don't don't tell me. Um, you know, you're your second baseman for the church softball team. How did you get here? And I just. Uh, you know, I mean, people like you just need to keep doing what they do. Well, I appreciate that because that's kind of the advice you got as well. So this time of year, obviously, really important to you. I know this is the first year you're not going to have your father with you. Um, uh, I'm sure that's an adjustment for you to make. But what a legacy he left behind. Oof. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's time to, uh, uh, you know, one of the last things he said to me in, in the hospital, he says, "Well, anything else?" I said, "No." He says, "You." He said, uh, 
he said, well, he said, I love you. And I said, Dad, I got it from here. You know, I mean, uh, never never been anybody better prepared, and you handed me the ball on the goal line, Dad. I, I got it from here. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, it, it'll be, um, you know, we'll talk about him a little at the holidays and things, but then we'll go back and focus on uh, why we're here and what matters. And, uh, and he always said, even after my mom died, he said, hey, we'll have a brief tribute to her, and then we're going to have our holiday celebration because life is for the living. What what are some of the things you think that he taught you that really stick with you? Well, what affects me every day is if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. <laughs> I love that about you. My husband, my husband would be your biggest fan. Two, you, you always do what you say you're going to do. You under-promise, you over-deliver. That's good. And, uh, you know, and then make sure you're doing, you're, you're using your gift to make a difference in the world. You, you know, our, our purpose in life is to find our gift, and we achieve meaning when we give it away. And, and that's what it's about. And don't you think, I mean, you've kind of talked about how you deliver hope, that that's like your job. And I think because you've lost your sight and you've done so much regardless of that, and as we've said, maybe even more than you would have done, had you not yeah. lost your sight in your 20s, teens and 20s, uh, gradually? Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, opportunities come disguised as problems. And uh, going blind is a big opportunity. And because I got to figure out, okay, if I can't do all these things, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and wow, there's a lot of things there. So, I, you know, I think that's uh, it's a powerful lesson. But this time of year, look for the opportunities to create those magic moments for your friends and your family. And just let them know what you think. Yeah, magic moments, not just for you, like you said, for your friends and family. And um, real quick, we only have like 30 seconds. Um, what are you doing on Sundays now that you don't have dinner with your dad? Um, I, you know, we, Crystal and I have talked about it. We've spent our Sunday evenings together, just us. And then starting next year, I think we are going to, you know, look at friends and family and students that are in the university program we have and, uh, you know, kind of have a revolving uh, time with each of them and use that time. Because, uh, you know, it. Dad, we were always receiving. Now it's time for us to give. I love that. I want a Sunday. JimStrofall.com. Thank you, Jim. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Long Ron is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. Christmas shopping is never easy, especially with teenagers, and Arc Thrift knows that. Arc Thrift has recently added electronic gift cards to their website. Now you can easily buy that family member or special person a gift card electronically to thrift away. This gift is perfect for college students or stocking stuffers. Teenagers and young adults don't want to look cookie cutter, meaning they want that unique, one-of-a-kind product that you can only find when thrifting. Arc Thrift also carries gifts that are great for white elephant gifts, gag gifts, and even toys for the little ones. They have a vast variety of products, but for the holiday season, you can find cheaper-than-store brand Christmas lights, indoor and outdoor decorations, and so much more. It is the season of giving, so don't forget to donate those clothes at the back of your closet you never wear to ARC Thrift. Give the gift of thrift by going to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. 
Hey there, friend Angie Austin and Mrs. Jackie Calloway for the good news. And Jackie, as you know, is an author and she is also a counselor, a mom, a grandmother. And we are continuing our conversation on refusing to take offense. Welcome back, Jackie. Thank you, Angie. Good to be back. All right. So I love this topic because we sometimes have such a hair trigger temper and we take offense at something when the person may be having a bad day, a bad life, a bad moment, whatever. And we just assume the worst or that it's about us. And I mentioned last week that the weatherman that I was doing maps for before I became uh, a weathercaster in Los Angeles, that he'd seemed to be, he was very moody and depressed. And he's like, this is just how I am, Angie. It's not always about you. And I'm like, did I make you mad again today? It's not always about you. It has nothing to do with you. And so I realized I was taking offense and it had nothing to do with me. And you say it's a trap that we fall into. It is. Um, I would like to recommend to people the book, The Bait of Satan. Okay. And that is by John Bevere. And that bait is offense. And if we are quick, well, in, in Luke 17 and 1, Jesus said to his disciples that offenses will come. He has warned us that offenses will come. There will be things that will come in our lives that um, are, it, it's not always the way we want it to be or the way we think it is. Mm -hmm. And usually the main thing is not the main thing. When, <laughs> when you have a situation with a person and they're angry about something, it's usually something else. There's some hidden, um, there's some history mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. behind uh, our feelings that we express. But it is, I would ask the audience to think about, is there someone who has offended you and you have carried that? Is there someone that you're angry with? that uh, has possibly really done you wrong. The thing about it is we have to forgive, and the definition of forgiveness is to let it drop, release it, and let it go. Okay, say that and again. Let it drop, release it, and let it go. My mother used to tell me that when I would come to her with something that was on my heart, she'd just say, just go on. <laughs> Don't stop here. Just go on. And, I, you know, I wanted to cry and wanted her to feel sorry for me. But she was continually pointing me in the direction that I should go mm -hmm. rather than getting stuck. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens when we take offense is that we carry that. And uh, you can just hear the person's name sometimes, mm -hmm. and it'll dredge up that feeling. Mm -hmm. And those, those things become strongholds in our lives. Mm -hmm. And those are dangerous. Because then we process everything that we take in 
through those lenses, through those lenses of offense, possibly, if we're holding something. So I encourage everyone to be quick to forgive, and you're going you're going to be offended. There are offenses are going to come. I always say you can get offended at Walmart. Right. It doesn't take doesn't take much. Oh, my mom does almost every time she goes to Walmart. <laughs> you can get offended in the parking lot. Oh boy, yeah. People cutting in front of you on the highway, but you have to refuse to take offense. I have had people to cut me off, and they cut me off and then give me the finger. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. But I've learned to say, Father, I ask that I pray the Lord of the harvest would send the perfect laborer across their paths and that they'll come to know you in the pardon of their sins. So we have to walk in love. And we've learned to love the people that we want to love, <laughs> and we want to curse the rest of them, you know? We don't have to necessarily curse, but we don't want to have anything to do with the rest of them. Well, you know, when you mentioned, uh, you know, the bait of Satan, I know it's a bestseller, so I just clicked on it, and it says, um, it, you will encounter offense, and it's up to you how it will affect your relationship with God. Your response will determine your future. If offense is handled correctly, you will become stronger rather than bitter. Uh, and in this book, yes. um, John Bevere shows you how to stay free from offense and escape the victim mentality. I love that. And they talked yeah. about how we, why are we always compelled to tell like our side of the story? You know, like we want to make sure yeah. people hear our side so we can, you know, um, uh, you know, show that we were in the right or um, it talks about how you stop rehearsing past hurts. I mean, I've heard so many of my mom's past hurt stories on so many occasions that I know them sometimes better than she knows them. And so do the kids, you know, and generally they're not pleasant stories. And, um, you know, they're very angry stories as well. And um, when your grandchildren know your, your angry, past hurt, um, uh, this is rehearsing, stop rehearsing past hurts. When they know your past hurts um, as well as you do, it's too much. It is. And you can look in Matthew 18 and 18 where it talks about the uh, young man who was forgiven of his uh, debt that he had. And it was a, a lot of debt. It was maybe, we'll just say a million dollars. I don't have the scripture in front of me right, mm -hmm. right now. But say it was a million dollars that he was forgiven. And then he goes on that day and he meets a guy that owes him 20 bucks. And the guy says, oh, uh, give me time and I'll pay you all. And he said no. And he took him and uh, he had him thrown in prison until he could pay it. And so uh, the, the friends that were around this guy went back and told the master what he had done. So all of this is saying that 
when you have taken offense and when you are holding unforgiveness in your heart, mm-hmm. it affects the people around you. Mm-hmm. They see you, and it really affects your children. Oh, yes. Like you were saying. Yes. And then he, for him to have been forgiven so much, and we have been forgiven so much by God as he sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. So we have to forgive those people who offend us in this life. One of the things I know is a preacher is known by not what not for what he preaches but what he lives mm-hmm. people are watching us the world is watching us mm-hmm. as christians and i don't even you know i the christian has gotten such a a bad rap i'm a believer And I believe what the Bible says. So I want to live what this Bible says. And I found out that you can refuse to take offense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I but I think it takes such conscious effort. So I actually did buy the book that you uh, suggested, uh, The, The Bait of Satan, John Bevere. I have Audible. And so I can listen to books. I do that oftentimes, like as I'm going to sleep, because it really takes my mind off of all the noises around the house. And I listen to Dateline a lot. And I'm like, if I hear another kid that kills uh, his parents, that's the last thing I need to be hearing about in my sleep, right? Um, because these crime, you know, um, stories, they put me to sleep. And I'm like, okay, so first I work in the news business where I cover crime. And then I fall asleep listening to crime shows or crime books. And I'm like, no, I need to listen to things. And I know that when I listen, there's a brain fog book I'm reading right now or listening to by a doctor, that stuff really does stick in your brain. You wake up knowing a lot of it, and then I just restart the book the next night, kind of where I left off. And so maybe I only hear like 20 minutes, but then you'll kind of be half awake, half asleep, and you will take in some of the good information about healthy diet or how to make your brain healthy or, in this case, you know, how to avoid offense. And so even though it's not... how about about the Bible? Yeah. Oh, I never thought about listening to the Bible at night. The Bible, it, the, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. And as it is a life-giving source. And as you listen to the Bible, as you listen to the Word, and as you, and you know, I read the Word because I have to sit in it and settle in it. And so uh, that should be the first thing that comes to our minds as we are out here in a world that is offensive. Yes, and that's a good way to put it. It is a world that is offensive. So how do we not? It is a, a, a trap, as you put it last week. I think that's such a good way to put it. And I know that I have, I don't have a temper like I did when I was younger, that's for sure. But, and it takes me a long time to reach the, you know, my temper. I have to climb a little mountain to get to it. But boy, when I get to it, I'm definitely jumping off and quickly. <laughs> Well, I've learned to quickly uh, bring a scripture to mind. And in um, Proverbs 15, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath. And I'm I'm conscious of of strife. I don't want to be in a situation where there's a lot of strife. Sometimes you can't avoid it. 
But if you go in in the right spirit, it makes a difference. It can shift the atmosphere. You know, it's so interesting because uh, some girl and uh, you know pulled up next to us and was giving the finger, as you said, to my son and I, you know, and my son rolled on the window and just looked at her because she had her video camera on us, you know, and I tried to get over to the left lane. So I just needed to swing through her lane. You know, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to cut her off. But when she saw my blinker on, she sped up as fast as she could. So I couldn't, you know, move over to the left lane. And then we ended up right next to each other because, of course, I wasn't cutting her off. I wasn't going to end up in her lane. I wanted the left lane. So we're right next to her. So she's flipping us off and she has her camera on us. And my my son rolled down the um the, the window and just stared at her. And I'm like, she's videotaping you. He's like, what is she going to do? Put it on TikTok? Like, he's like, it's her problem. And I just thought, gosh, I just, I'm so glad that he doesn't have a horrible temper and that he didn't say anything to her. But he did look at the guy behind him, you know, because he was staring at all of us, you know, and he just put his hands in the air and pointed at her like, I don't know, cuckoo. Like, I don't know what she's doing. And um, I just think about these people that overreact in those situations and, you know, how I want to be a good example to my son, but um, how they overreact. And it's just, oh, yeah. All right. If anyone wants to get in touch with Jackie, you can always go to my website and get in touch with me, AngieAustin.org. Thank you, Jackie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.